0: This is information not being reported by anyone else. You want the scoop? Here it is with Darren Doogie Wolfson. This first full week in May brings you a fresh episode of The Scoop. It is Scoop Podcast episode number 145. I begin with Gophers men's basketball news. I hinted at the possibility of something being close On Twitter, D. Wolfson KSTP on Monday early afternoon. Then a tip of the hat to Marcus Fuller of the Star Tribune. He was able to advance that little bit of information. I know he was working on it on his own. But anyway, I can confirm that the Gophers will host Oklahoma State. Although when I say host, it's actually a neutral site game. This does not count as a Gophers men's basketball home game. The Gophers will take on Oklahoma State. Again, technically it will be a neutral site game at U.S. Bank Stadium in December. The date will be December 8th or December 22nd. Look for an official announcement in the coming days. But there is a verbal agreement that the Gophers will take on Oklahoma State. Now, going back a number of Scoop Podcast episodes, I reported that the Gophers had interest in getting Kansas as the opponent. We knew that it would be a Big 12 opponent based on the intel from weeks ago. Now we do know it is a Big 12 opponent, but it is not Kansas. They could not secure Kansas's services. So it is Oklahoma State. The Gophers took on Oklahoma State not that long ago in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So it's not the sexiest of names, but it's a program that has had some success Probably falls in that second tier. The word is at least one other local college will also play a game that weekend. Whatever weekend it is, the weekend of December 8th or December 22nd, likely the same day, but it's possible they have games Saturday and Sunday. But again, look for it to be a Final Four tune-up, U.S. Bank Stadium, the home of the Final Four, come late March slash early April. So that game in December featuring the Gophers and Oklahoma State. This episode of the Scoop Podcast is brought to you by Celt's Craft House in Apple Valley. Yes, if you're looking for some good fish and chips, if you're looking for authentic Irish food... sure to check out Celts. plus they have a happy hour daily they have all sorts of great beers on tap it is a great spot to hang out if you reside in the south metro this is a no-brainer if you're looking for a potential new happy hour location this is it i'm telling you though if you have a healthy obsession like i do with fish and chips they have as good a fish and chips as any in the metropolitan area we plan on doing a scoop podcast From Celts in the very near future, we're just trying to match up schedules, but I very much look forward to being there. But I've heard nothing but phenomenal things about the newest sponsor of the Scoop Podcast. It is Celts Craft House, again, in Apple Valley. Be sure to follow them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for all sorts of promotional announcements. Let's take a deeper dive on the Gophers men's basketball team. I was with the Gophers on their annual road trip on Monday morning. Late morning, early afternoon in Cannon Falls, I had a chance to catch up with a number of luminaries, a number of coaches, including Richard Patino Here's my brief chat with Patino Well, I mean, you know that inevitably up there, people are going to ask about what happened last year.
1: I mean, you tweeted it. I mean, oh, you're talking about reliving the yeah, season? I mean, I'm yes. like, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, no, no. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I'm not. So I got to uh, figure out which way I'm going to go there. But, you know, I think more than anything, it's hard because... Um, I, I always try to be very, very truthful with the fans. And, you know, so much was out of our control. And it's kind of one of those things where we're kind of just looking forward to putting it to bed and moving on. Um, you know, and I am excited about where we're going, but we're still we're still so beat up. You know, so it's uh, going to take a little time to get healthy with Oturo and healthy with Dupree and Amir and all those guys. Um, you know, but the, these, these events are really cool. Like, meet fans, say thank you more than anything. Because the one thing I'll say. Whenever we've had, like, a tough stretch, they've still stuck by us.
0: Where are you at on some of these injuries? I mean, Amir, what sort of progress is he making?
1: Yeah, so, you know, he's he, would take it slow with him. He's not doing any um, contact stuff or anything like that. So it'll probably be the fall with him. Um, Dupree, we're taking it slow. He has not done anything since the season. Uh, Eric Curry's looking good. You know, I think by June-ish he'll be back. Um, and then uh, Oturo uh, probably be in the fall. You know, so I guess get it out of the way now more than anything. Um, it's hard. I mean, it was hard in the spring to practice. I mean, we had four or five guys. So once the freshmen come in and everything like that, it'll be helpful.
0: Was it pretty crazy to think about just? the roster change i mean you got so many new
1: faces it is yeah i mean i thought that it was going to happen um you know it, that's what's difficult about last year was we I, I was really really excited about that team um and knew that we were going to have to not reset like we had to do a couple years ago but there's gonna be some new faces but that's exciting um you know i think all those freshmen uh, to go along with peyton um i'm excited about all of them i really am so uh, we have got a couple more scholarships to use, so we're looking at everything right now, and uh, it used to be May. It used to be you kind of catch your breath. You don't do that anymore in May because of all the transfers.
0: We also brought up the name Kyle Lindsted from Wichita State with Patino. There's a TV report from Wichita that Kyle is set to take over the vacant assistant job under Patino. He hired Rob Jeter to replace Kamani Young. Then Ben Johnson left for Xavier. He was on a recent Scoop podcast explaining why he left for Xavier and giving us a good bit of information on the current Gophers roster. But anyway, there was still an opening as of this morning, although Kyle is set to take over. That TV report from Wichita is dead on. Kyle will take over. He is leaving Wichita State. He will join Richard Pitino's staff. He is known as a very good recruiter anyway. We talked about Kyle with Patino. Here was his answer.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously what you saw today with Kyle, I mean, we're working on officially getting him hired, um, you know, so I won't dance around it. We're excited about him. Um, so whenever he is officially uh, brought in, that will be great. Uh, I think he's. I've known him for a little while. He's one of the best recruiters in the country. Uh, very, very passionate about it, obviously. Um, you know, to work under Greg Marshall for three years, one of the best coaches in the country. Uh, so I'm excited about it. I'm excited to complete it. Um, There's nothing the worse than when you lose two guys and you got you to gotta hire uh, there. So, you know, I think I, what I always try to do with the staff is, is complement each other. Uh, and what was difficult was I didn't really know Rob a whole lot. So now that I've been around Rob, I think all three of them, Ed, Rob, and uh, Kyle will really complement each other, help out a lot.
0: Patino brought up the two open scholarships. There is great hope that Marcus Carr, the Pittsburgh point guard transfer, will eat up one of those scholarships. He was on campus actually on Friday. I know there's some reports out there that he was on campus on Saturday, which is correct. He actually got to town. He was at the facility, the new facility, on Friday. So there is hope, great internal hope, that they will land Carr, who they recruited out of high school, but then he chose Pittsburgh. Then Pittsburgh fires its coach. Then he decides to transfer. So he would have to sit out a year, but he is a good player. He averaged double-digit points his freshman year in the ACC. So they could land Carr, and they are working on Wisconsin-Milwaukee transfer Brock Stoll. And there is hope that he will visit soon. Now, I know there's some people thinking he might visit as soon as this weekend. Now, visits are always fluid. I suppose that is possible, but it sounds like it is more likely to be later in May, a visit from Brock later in May. But I do know internally there is great hope on him as well. Heck, Rob Jeter coached him at Wisconsin-Milwaukee. So in an ideal world, the two openings would go to... Marcus Carr, who would have to sit out a year like the Vandy transfer Peyton Willis, and then Brock Stahl would come in to play the Akeem Springs role, the one-year graduate transfer come in and contribute right away. He would help out at the guard position, so all the pressure isn't on Isaiah Washington's shoulders. Patino also working diligently on 2019 recruits and 2020 recruits. One of the 2019 recruits he is after is Tyler Wall, six feet six. He can play point guard, he can play off guard, he can play small forward. He's from Lakeville North High School. He recently just got a Gophers offer, also recently got a Wisconsin offer. He's got some other offers as well. And he was on campus on Friday. Him, his mom, and his dad all visited the New Athletes Village on Friday. It was an unofficial visit, but he hadn't seen the new facilities, so he wanted to see them. So he is doing all sorts of homework on those Gophers. Anyway, I was over at Lakeville North High School Before he took the visit, it was last Wednesday or Thursday, so you'll hear him say that he is set to visit the Gophers this upcoming weekend. Again, I taped that interview Wednesday or Thursday leading into his Friday visit, so it is now past tense. But anyway, here's my conversation with Tyler Wall of Lakeville North, who Richard Pitino absolutely wants. Tyler, just take us through the timeline. I mean, things are happening fast, right? I mean... Snap of the fingers, Wisconsin offers you, than the Gophers offer you?
2: Yeah, it's been it's been fun. You know, getting the spring with D1 Minnesota, it's just fun Fun working the Atlanta tournament and then the Indianapolis tournament where we have a good group of guys.
0: So I suppose when you're playing in those events and it's an open recruiting period, you've got so many coaches watching you, did that then allow those coaches to say, okay... We've seen Tyler, we know how good he is. You know, if you're Coach Guard or Coach Patino, okay, it's time for us to make an offer to him.
2: Right. I had I had a little bit of connection going into the spring, but that's where I really like showed out for them and they really saw me be able to play.
0: But you certainly had some offers even before the Badgers and the Gophers. Who had offered you going back a number of months? Uh, I had
2: you and I and North Dakota were my first two offers and then I had a couple mid major like South Dakota, Colorado State, Drake and those types like earlier on
0: and now there are more high major schools in addition to wisconsin and minnesota showing interest in you yeah
2: lately iowa state has been has been big and butler also have been reaching out lately
0: and what about then the wisconsin offer and the minnesota offer happening so quickly you know what was it like a day or two apart maybe even less than that i mean was it just like whoa
2: yeah it it was kind of surreal like I don't know, I'd barely been talking to them, like, just text here and there, and then just for them to all of a sudden just come, come full recruitment on me, it's, it's really
0: cool. On Minnesota specifically, I mean, what does it mean to have an offer from from the hometown team?
2: Um, it's a big deal. You know, they just started talking to me, but I think it's really cool having the home state offer me.
0: Have you started to develop, though, even if it's via text, a relationship with Coach Patino?
2: Yeah, we, we started texting, and we've had a few co- phone calls which is pretty cool, and I'm going up there this week for a visit. And, I mean, does he strike you as as a real likable guy? Yeah, he seems really cool and, like, a really good coach from this winter I watched him and then just through our relationship so far. It's really cool.
0: And what about Coach Guard? What stands out about about the Badgers and Coach Guard? Coach Guard, he's really personable. He likes,
2: like, knowing how my day went whenever he calls me, and I just really like him, and our relationship's pretty strong right now.
0: And I suppose, I mean, if you need some intel on the Badgers... Nate Reavers, right? I mean, are you and Nate close enough where you can reach out to him and, and ask him questions?
2: Yeah, we talk probably once a week. So yeah, if I got any questions, I can just go ahead and ask him.
0: And from what he's told you, he really enjoys his experience so far there?
2: Yeah, in the beginning of the year, he was about to, he was going to redshirt. But after that, he, he said he really likes it there.
0: How much has your game evolved? I mean, you know, I mean, let's go back a year. Like if we went back to April of 2017 or May of 2017 compared to now how much better of a player are you today compared to a year ago
2: um i think i had i had some skills but not as much as i had now but overall my confidence has grown a whole lot and me just taking over the role as the main guy like through the winter season and then just doing my thing out here with D1 Minnesota in the spring
0: and when you say you know taking over and being the guy i mean How much has your skill set evolved? I mean, I remember watching some of your clips from from the Lakeville North season. I mean, you have the ball in your hands a lot. I mean, are you pretty much a point guard in in many ways?
2: Yeah, I started out the season as as a power forward, and then as the year went on, I started bringing up the ball running point guard. I mean, do
0: you enjoy being point guard? Yeah,
2: I like it. I like getting everybody involved and then just running the floor.
0: I mean, there's not many point guards that, that have your height. Right.
2: Yeah, it's it's interesting, but that's what coaches love about me. They say they say they love my versatility and how I can almost do anything.
0: When you talk about versatility, I mean, I don't know if you'll be a point guard at the next level. So, I mean, do you feel like you can play the one, the two, and the three?
2: Yeah, I think I could play the one, the two, or the three, and that's what they're really looking for me to do with the coaches I have right now. They want me to, to do my thing at any position that I can at 100%.
0: And are you still growing? I mean, is there a chance that maybe one day you're even like
2: a, a stretch four? I think, I think I'm still growing. I've just been solidly growing like an inch or so each year the last couple of years. So hopefully I'm still growing.
0: What are you up to right now? I'm
2: six seven right now. And are the growth plates still open? I think so, yeah.
0: So, I mean, there's a chance you could be like six eight, six nine. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be crazy. <laughs> Where do you need to get better? I mean, clearly your game is still evolving, even though it's evolved a bunch in the last year, year plus. Where do you want to get better?
2: Uh, one thing is shooting. I need to work on that a whole lot, and then always tightening up my ball handling and then my turnovers. I had They were kind of high in the winter season, but I'm starting to get them under control.
0: And What's it like playing for you? You've cited D1 Minnesota a bunch. I mean, Matthew Hurt, Tyrell Terry, Zeke Nagy, the kids from Iowa. I mean, it's a loaded AAU roster.
2: Yeah, it's really fun. I don't have to do a whole lot, but I'll just go out there and do my thing and get the team going on defensively and then offensively if they really need it. I mean,
0: what's that like, though, to adjust your role? I mean, you're the guy here at Lakeville North. And then on that team, there's a lot of the guys. Right. Yeah, it was it was
2: fine because
0: my sophomore year, like,
2: we had Nathan Reavers, Ethan Abongo, two D1 basketball players. So I had a whole year there, and I don't really need the ball scoring a whole lot just as long as I impact the game in some type of way. I'm fine with it.
0: How much does the way last year's season ended motivate you heading into your senior year?
2: Uh, I'm hungry. I'm hungry for a state championship. But third place it was all right we exceeded expectations so that was good for our team but we're hungry again
0: what is it about all the all the athletes that are produced here at at lakeville north i was actually here like a week ago catching up with bryce benhardt who's got all those football offers i I know there's a great pitcher on the baseball team a great catcher on the baseball team and it seems like lakeville north just produces so many good athletes
2: yeah it's it's cool because everyone everyone knows like when we walk by each other in the halls we know what we're all about and it's really cool. Like, we don't have one person that's just the star of the campus, and we're all just cool with each other.
0: I mean, do you have a relationship
2: with Bryce? I mean, do you guys talk about the recruiting process? Oh, uh, We talk a little bit, but he's in my fourth hour, so we'll talk a little bit about that. But, yeah, it's cool.
0: I mean, he likes Wisconsin, too. Have you guys talked about, you know, you both have Minnesota offers and Wisconsin offers? Right.
2: We haven't talked about, like, commitments or anything, but I talked to him about his recruiting process, and he asked me about mine. So, yeah.
0: Take us to the timeline again. I mean, was it like a week ago? Take us through the timeline when Wisconsin offered you and then when Minnesota offered you. Um, I think it was last last Tuesday
2: Wisconsin offered me, and then Saturday after our games Minnesota offered me. So that's pretty much it.
0: <laughs> and was it a situation where was it Coach Patino saw you last weekend, so he saw you play, and then the offer came Saturday night?
2: Yeah, he watched me play the Indianapolis tournament, and then also he was texting my coach He said he really likes me, and then I kind of just topped it off on the last Saturday.
0: And you said you certainly, were you on campus at different times last year or, or certainly watched the Gophers on TV? I mean, when you watch the Gophers play and the way Coach Patino wants to run his offense, do you see yourself and saying, okay, my skill set can fit what he's trying to accomplish?
2: Yeah, maybe, because he has, he has three guards on the court, and I'd, I'd like to play guard in college, so that'd be cool. I can see myself fitting in there.
0: Is there any player, I mean, maybe it's Amir coffee, somebody else where you say, you know, okay, I play like that guy, or maybe it's a guy in the NBA. It doesn't have to be for Coach Patino, but is there anybody you mirror your game after?
2: Um, I don't really mirror my game after anyone, but I'd say I'd play like Giannis Antetokounmpo where I can get to the rack and play like a point forward. Greek freak,
0: huh? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's a freak of an athlete.
2: Yeah, he is. I'm not not as athletic as him as like dunking on everybody, but I feel like I can bring the ball up like him and get everyone involved. Would you say, though, on your athleticism that maybe you're an underrated athlete? I'd say so, you know, like this at the gauntlet this last week, and I had a few dunks, and then everyone's just like, whoa. <laughs> so yeah, I'd say I'd say I'm an underrated athlete.
0: Do you feel like that that this class in Minnesota, the class of 2019, that you're a part of, has a chance to rival almost any other class? I mean, for me, the 2014 class comes to mind with Tyus Jones and Rashad Vaughn and JP Makira. You and know JP obviously and Reed Travis, right. but I mean, I'm thinking with you know Matthew Hurd who's a top 5 player in the country you know then Zeke then Tyrell then with you the 2019 class has a chance to be pretty special
2: yeah we're all we're all pretty tight playing on the same AU team those four guys but i think i think we have a chance to do something special
0: was it all open arms? I mean, Zeke used to play for Howard Pulley. Then he makes the change to, to D1 Minnesota, where you guys were just like open arms, just loved having him.
2: Yeah, we had, we had good chemistry last year with me, Tyrell, Jameson, Robert, all those guys. And then we just, we just accept everybody that came onto this squad this year.
0: What sort of timeline are you looking at, Tyler? I mean, is the hope that you'll commit to some school before your senior year starts? Will it be before basketball season starts next winter? I mean, are we talking like September, October, November?
2: Um, I'm thinking maybe like the early fall end of summer but if one school blows me away by then I'm completely comfortable committing earlier. Do
0: you have any plans to visit Wisconsin in the near future?
2: Yeah I know we're going to team camp and I think I'm going to tie in just an unofficial visit there too. And weekend.
0: with the Gophers you said you're going is it this weekend is it just to check it out or is there some sort of team camp?
2: Yeah it's just an unofficial visit this weekend.
0: You looking forward to that? I mean, the word is, the new practice facility. I've actually been over there, although it's been a while. The new practice facility is off the charts.
2: Yeah, I've never been up there, so I'm looking forward to it.
0: Tyler Wall from Lakeville North, Jr., seven. He can play the one, he can play the two, and he can play the three. He is pretty wide open at this point. The Gophers do have a chance. This isn't one of those where you can just write off the Gophers. Patino absolutely has a chance to land Wall, even though – He's not that far away from making a decision, but I'm told he is still pretty wide open. We brought up the name Zeke Naji of Hopkins. All he does is get an offer like every two seconds. He just got what, like Oklahoma, Ohio State, Penn State, Purdue, St. John's. Just go to his Twitter page. It's unbelievable how many offers Naji has gotten in the last week, week plus. I know that Kansas has a good amount of interest, so we'll see if Kansas makes the offer, and Arizona And Georgetown. So we'll see if those programs, plus Louisville. So Louisville, Georgetown, Kansas, and Arizona are the ones to keep an eye on now with Najee, who is expected to take an unofficial visit to the Gophers later this week. One other Gophers basketball note, this one involving the women's program. Stowater's own, a junior, Sarah, S-C-A-L-I-A. Is it Scalia? Sarah Scalia. I'm hoping to connect with her sometime on Tuesday. She committed. So, junior class of 2019, she committed to Lindsey Whalen. So, that is Lindsey Whalen's first verbal commitment. And Marlene Stallings had previously offered her. She had expressed interest in playing for her hometown team. And then I'm sure Lindsey Whalen, with all her accolades, was able to put the final touches on securing that commitment. <laughs> Gophers football, you win some, you lose some in recruiting. The Gophers securing a couple commitments from junior college defensive linemen over the weekend. They badly needed defensive linemen. Heck, they could use those guys right away. It's too bad they won't have them for over a year. They could use them here this upcoming season. But anyway, you win some, you lose some. PJ Fleck and his staff still doing very good work on the recruiting front. I had a chance to catch up with Fleck at the Gophers Road Trip event on Monday late morning in Cannon Falls. Here's my brief chat with PJ Fleck. PJ, being the people person that you are, I mean,
3: you embrace events like this, don't you? Oh, this is terrific, especially on this beautiful spring day. Uh, This is what the Gopher Road Trip's all about, connecting, right? All of our coaches, we're very close as it is, and we just get to come out and share our sport with our fans. Can you think about last year? I mean, last year you were pretty new to this thing.
0: I mean, last year was your first
3: road trip. You know, but now this is old hat to you. Oh, well, last year I was looking out the window, studying everywhere, going, where are we now? Where are we now? Now I'm starting to kind of get the lay of the land a little bit and uh, really get a chance to bond with a lot of the coaches on the bus, which is a lot of fun. And, um, you know, Jessica's done a great job of setting us up with some amazing venues and incredible people, and we just look forward to connecting with our fans. Is it tough to
0: skate for two days? I mean, is this a busy recruiting time right now?
3: That's always busy. Uh, Anytime that a head coach leaves campus, it's always a tough time. But it's for our fans, and and those are the the experiences you want to leave for. If you're going to have to leave campus, that's not necessarily just the business part of making your program better. You want to do it for fan-related activities, and this is exactly why we're doing this.
0: What's keeping your players busy right now? I mean, is it all about studying for finals as they transition to summer workouts?
3: Yeah, it's a discretionary week, so we're not allowed to have any contact with them. Um, It's all finals all the time, and um, guys got to finish up really well we have the highest gpa in the history of the football program and uh, we're really proud of that and very excited for the future uh, of go for football so got a long way to go though long way to go and, and our coaches are out recruiting right now which is a big part of it
0: on the field what stood out from from spring practice
3: well I, you know we have a lot of new faces in a lot of different positions a lot of youth a lot of inexperience so uh, i think that was one of the things that didn't stand out but we needed to be able to get experience really fast uh, especially at the quarterback position i was really impressed how our quarterbacks handled the spring game how they are able to perform on TV, uh, have a game moved, be able to adapt to those situations, and play a true game. So we were able to get our first live evaluation of those guys, true live, uh, when when it really mattered. Um, and I'm just proud of the team's progress we're making. Um, we're not where, again, we're not where we're, where, where we're going to be down in the future. We are where we are right now, but we just have to continue to add recruits who will be here in June, which we're really excited about. 18 guys joining us here in the, uh, in the, in, in the summer, and then get them acclimated as fast as we can because we're going to need a lot of them to play. I mean, Bateman and some of those guys, I mean, they'll play right away? Absolutely. I don't know if you saw Rashad Bateman's tattoo. I did. Yeah, the tattoo. He, I told him he should have done that when he committed. It would have been a lot less stressful when you put RTB and block M and sky Yama on your arm in a tattoo. That's a young man who's all into our culture, all into uh, us as a staff, all into the University of Minnesota and what it's about. And he's got 18 more of his brothers coming with him. Uh, and that's why it's, it's so exciting uh, time of year that you're getting your first big class here, guys at first for a full year, bought the culture, bought the program, bought Minnesota. They didn't have to be convinced to like it um, really quickly like a 17 class. So this is a really exciting class. We consider it our first really true big recruiting class, and I look forward to uh, many positive things to come. Right off the quarterbacks, Tanner Morgan. I mean, all he did was win in high school, right? I mean, he's a winner. All he did was win. And and one thing I like about Tanner is that, you know, he took his team. And when they first took over, they weren't necessarily very good. And then he took them all the way through the realm as a freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior. And and they were in the state playoffs, and state semifinals. And uh, he's a winner, you know, and that's all he does. And he reminds me of Zach Terrell back at Western Michigan who we had, who all he did was win games. Um, But he had to build it. He had to fail to grow. Um, And we're going to have, like we said, quarterbacks that have come in and haven't thrown a college pass yet. But that's the exciting part and that our our Gopher fans get to build and grow with us throughout this time. And um, it's a lot of fun. I mean, is there a good bet that you'll need two quarterbacks?
0: I mean, the offense that you and Kirk run, I mean, your quarterbacks are going to take hits. So whether it's Vic, somebody else, somebody else is also going to have to
3: jump up. Well, you know, I think I've said this even last year. When you don't have a lot of quarterbacks with experience, you're going to probably play them at some point, especially in the first three, four games. Uh, you might see both quarterbacks. Uh, I just don't know yet. Um, that's a decision we have to make. Any coach would tell you we'd love one quarterback, love to be able to settle in on that. Uh, but with guys who haven't thrown a, a college pass yet, we'll see. But uh, I know the competition is going to be fierce in, in the fall and in the summer summer camp. So uh, I'm really proud of their guys, their, their progress, and Coach Sharock is doing a great job at developing them.
0: This is more my opinion, but there's no doubt in my mind that the Gophers will need, will use, they will need multiple quarterbacks. So remember the name Tanner Morgan; he would be the front runner right now. But Vic Ramirez, the junior college transfer, undoubtedly will get snaps at some point. Then remember the name Zach Anixstead the IMG Academy quarterback, who's from southern Minnesota. He had a very good spring. If you saw the spring game, he performed very well. This is a true freshman. He's a walk-on, actually, although he had multiple offers, like the University of Pittsburgh offered Annex He said no, decided to walk on with the Gophers. Inevitably, he'll be a scholarship quarterback. But he's also a name to keep an eye on. But it makes some sense to redshirt him if you have Morgan And you have Montes, But it will be a growing year, another growing year for the Gophers. I know off-camera I was talking with PJ about the lack of Gophers being drafted this year. Only one last year, Jalen Myrick way late, seventh round. Then this year, no Gophers drafted. And he smiled and he said, yeah, we need to fix that. We need to find a way to bring in more upper echelon talent. We need to develop that talent. We need to get guys drafted higher and the seventh round so he is aware of all the issues over there and he's working hard to fix those issues one recruit he missed out on he came close on him but he missed out on him was Quinn Carroll Edina junior offensive lineman he committed to Notre Dame last week here's my conversation the next morning with Quinn we'll start with an easy one why Notre
4: Dame well it was a very difficult decision and there was a lot of prayer and thought that went into it but When it boiled down to it, I felt called to Notre Dame because of the unique academic experience, the faith-based school, and the fact that I could create a new experience at Notre Dame for myself and my family, opposed to going to Minnesota like my dad did, which would be awesome, or Virginia Tech like my brother did, which would also be awesome. Um, But this way, it's a unique experience for me and for my family and for my friends coming to watch me.
0: Now, certainly you could have picked Ohio State or Virginia Tech, but it was Notre Dame, not Minnesota because of your dad, you know, creating your own new legacy and, and your brother playing at Virginia Tech. So why Notre Dame over, you know, an Ohio State or a Virginia Tech? Well, it was just the calling, uh, feeling
4: called there. When I stepped on campus for my official visit, I really felt it. And I said, this is where I'm meant to be. And, um, you know, like like I said, the unique academic experience, it's one of the, top 10 schools in the country, and a faith-based school, which really resonates with me.
0: And then certainly on the field, I mean, does that resonate? I mean, recency bias, but they just put two offensive linemen in the top 10 of the draft. I mean, there's, there's a history there of producing really good offensive linemen.
4: Right. The history is phenomenal, and I'd love to be able to live that out, win the next Joe Moore Award there, just as they did last year. That's the ultimate goal. So create a phenomenal ca- class for the 2019
0: uh, Notre Dame, and, you know, have a great career there. You said it was a difficult decision. I mean, how difficult? I mean, I'm sure when you looked at Wisconsin, Virginia Tech, Ohio State, go up and down the list of your final six, the Gophers, there were positives about each and every one. Is that what made it so difficult?
4: That is what made it so difficult, and I'm, I'm never one to disappoint, so it was hard to let some of those coaches down. Um, but when it came down to it, the easiest way to put it for those coaches were I feel called here, and that's kind of untouchable. Um, but yeah, it's just—it's just a God thing. What does that saying on your hat mean? Play like a champion today. What does it mean to you? Um, it means everything about Notre Dame. You know, play like a champion today. Basically, live like a champion today in all aspects of your life. So, um, not just on the field, and that's always been Notre Dame's mantra.
0: It was the most difficult school to say no to because of your dad's legacy? great tight end for the Gophers. Was it the Gophers, the hometown team?
4: That was the most difficult because of the relationship I've built there. I've visited there countless times and they've visited Edina. Um, and just the relationship there was a little more unique than any other place just because of the, um, the, just I'm 15 minutes down the road from them. Um, But, yeah, it was probably the most difficult because of the hometown team and because of the disappointment that I I felt that the state might have.
0: I mean, it's safe to think that you built a pretty good relationship. I mean, you were over there, unofficial visits, official – I don't even know if you took an official – but, I mean, you were over there, what, like 10, 11 times in the last year, year plus?
4: Yeah, for practices, for workouts, for uh, games, all that. Just, you know, trying to see everything you know and with my official visits to other places I felt like I saw everything the good the bad the ugly the you know what I love about it what I might change but Notre Dame is the perfect school for me and I couldn't be more excited
0: is there a sense that there's there's a weight lifted off your shoulders as fun as the recruiting process is that you can kind of breathe now
4: yes definitely i mean the recruiting process is a ton of fun but it gets overwhelming at times, and now that I've made the commitment and I've let all the other coaches know, I can really focus on Notre Dame and, uh, and their class, help recruit other guys, and um,
0: make sure that I have the most fun at Notre Dame. When you say recruit other guys, I mean, are they still looking for offensive linemen? I mean, there's a kid from Lakeville that has a Notre Dame offer, right? Lakeville North? Right. Uh,
4: Bryce is a guy that they're recruiting, and um, there's a center that they're trying to get. uh and there's, there's a lot of guys that they've asked me to help recruit. Um, but there's really one offensive lineman that they're trying to add to this class. I won't say his name specifically, but uh, I'll be working on him and some running backs and quarterbacks and all this.
0: Have you seen some of the reaction? I mean, some people were upset that you did it on local TV. You're not going to be able to satisfy everybody. But is it hard to to tune out the noise to make sure you don't, you don't buy into what all those people are saying to you? Right. Well,
4: I, I kind of expected that they would be disappointed if I didn't choose the hometown state or hometown school, uh, going on local television. But, and I get that, but, um, you know, the, the most important thing for me is to make sure that I block all of that out and just focus on the positives.
0: And I suppose most important also is you had to pick what school was best for you, regardless of how you made the announcement. Right. And, you know, no matter how I make the announcement, there's always
4: going to be people disagreeing with my choice and being upset with me but most importantly it's it's what's best for me
0: did you reach out to coaches individually to tell them that you weren't going to go to their school
4: yes i called coach kelly at notre dame and then i let all the other coaches in my top six know that i had committed to notre dame how tough were those phone calls to tell whether it was pj flack or paul christ or any number of coaches no it was very difficult because I had built a relationship with them, and since they were in my top six, I was seriously considering them, um, but yeah, it was difficult, but once the phone call was over, it was a weight off my shoulders, and I could just focus on going on air. i leave you after
0: two more. I mean, were those coaches receptive? I mean, did they understand? Did they say, congratulations, you know, unfortunately you won't be joining us, but we wish you nothing but the best?
4: Yes, a lot of them were very understanding, and you know, they can't win every recruit, so they're kind of used to that um, and they know how to handle it well and they all did a phenomenal job with me letting me know that they'll always be here for me if something happens to reach out to them and uh, just building that relationship is so important uh, so that I always have them.
0: Notre Dame's offensive line schematically what they do, what they do what Brian Kelly does, how does that fit your skill set? I think it fits me wonderfully.
4: Um, You know, They're willing to pass the ball when it's needed, but most importantly they're going to run the ball and, you know, pound the rock a little bit, which is what I love to do. I love to run the ball and block for the guys behind me.
0: Can they absolutely see you as a left tackle,
4: not a right tackle? Um, they've just said tackle, so it uh, could be either one. Um, wherever they need me, I'll play. I'm ready.
0: From Edina High School, junior offensive lineman Quinn Carroll on his commitment to Notre Dame he is a great kid I wish him nothing but the best great kid and great family I will say this I would not bet on Bryce Benhart of Lakeville North being that offensive lineman that Notre Dame hopes to add to Carroll's class do not bet on Ben Hart landing in South Bend I'll leave that one at that Briefly, Gophers men's hockey. I had a chance to catch up with Bob Motzko, the new coach, on Monday morning at the Cannon Falls road trip stop.
5: Coach, you do anything like this when you are at Saint Cloud? Not like this, no. I mean, we we got we got around in our central Minnesota and in and tried to have events down in the Twin Cities. And uh, but the first time I've been on a, a road trip like this with the entire department or most of the coaches
0: you an extrovert on that bus. I mean, everybody asking you about, hey, how's it been the first few weeks, and you answering a lot of questions.
5: I'm, 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 all, I'm quiet and shy on my first trip, and I'm just taking, taking it all in. Being respectful. So, how
3: are you bracing PJ on that bus,
5: uh, I'm listening right now. <laughs> and uh, uh, it's, it's, you know, hey, you, you're catching us on the first leg, too. We just took off. If you guys want to follow by, by tomorrow, I think we're going to, you know, we'll all ha- know each other and have some good conversation. And, and uh, I'm looking forward to it.
0: How would you sum up the first, what, four weeks or so of, of being on the job?
5: Uh, it, well, at first, right away, it was like drinking out of a fire hose. I mean, it, you know, I, I had things pretty settled where I was, and, and, and I'm just trying to get to know everybody, and, and you know, the infrastructure is strong that's there, and I'm just trying to, you know, really get to know things, and, and I haven't even, I'm not even through all my interviews with the players yet that are they're returning. Of course, trying to get our hands on recruiting, uh, then we had the convention down in Florida and then the the biggest thing for me is just on a personal side is I gotta I gotta get a house ready to sell and, and 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 I've got I got issues at home. I got my kids have beat our house up, so thirteen years I'm not a Mr. Homeowner, so I've got things to do to get that thing ready. Is recruiting
0: going pretty well? Did I see you got maybe a commitment or two?
5: Uh, I think it's going great, but I, I think that's to be expected at the University of Minnesota, and um, um, and a big thing, too, I mean, there are guys committed that I'm, I'm starting, you know, you know and it was at the end of the year, so a lot of them were done playing. I wish I could have got out and saw more of them play, uh, but that's going to be a process in itself. Have you finalized your staff? Uh, right, yeah. Right now we're, we're set. You know, Garrett Reboyne started last week. Scott Bell still with us, and, and uh, you know, the, you know, John Hamry's still there. The rest of the staff's all there, and we're just we're really getting to know each other.
0: Retaining Scott a pretty easy decision.
5: Yeah, right. Absolutely. Uh, uh, right when I got there, he was dialed into recruiting. Um, he, he's a pit bull in it, and it was it was a luxury. Uh, for me to get there and know that someone had their hands really dug into it and then for me with with Reboyne, I mean I pushed Reboyne hard to try to go after the head job but uh he just said he's too young right now to go after it he wants some time to uh you know still learn this business he's only five years into it and and uh the fact that he came with mean, yeah, I got great comfort level with him he's a superb coach and recruiter and 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 in person so we're uh, right now, and I'm comfortable, so I, uh, that gives me a comfort level too with Reboyne being on staff.
0: I mean, Hopefully, he can take the, the Bob Motzko path, right? I mean, assistant in Minnesota,
5: then, then move up from there. I, I tell you, well, all young coaches, you know, they, they'll ask, you know, what's the path? and You can't give it in hockey. It, it, we're, we're, a, we're a crazy sport, I, but, I, but I did have the opportunity to move around to a few different schools, and, and I think, and it wasn't a plan, you just did it. And it it sure helped, and, and I think if a, a young coach can move around a little bit and, and get different experiences, I think it's great in a developmental path.
0: I know you said you weren't through all the player interviews, but the ones you've done, what what stands out from those player interviews?
5: There's a there's excitement right now. Um, uh, um, they were close last year, uh, and it, they fell just short. And, and there's a hunger uh, within the group to to you know we have. We have a, we're gonna have, I think, seven senior forwards next year, and one senior defenseman, and, and a senior goaltender. There's some there's some guys that had, had success, uh, you know, in the years before, get to the NCAA level, and winning some league titles. And, and last year doesn't sit well with them. So I I, I love the little uh, the hunger that I'm that I'm sensing with the group right now.
0: Matsko had the line of the luncheon, so he's introduced by Mike Grimm, the voice of the Gophers, and Bob gets up. He's got the microphone. And he says, hey, I was hired or I was introduced on March 30th. I'm doing all these interviews. I'm getting all this attention. You know, all eyes were on Gophers Men's hockey. Then a couple days later, Mark Coyle hired Lindsey Whalen. And Bob said that his wife has given him grief that he's pretty much an afterthought at this point since Lindsey was hired. All right, let's go potpourri to finish Scoop Podcast episode 145. The Wolves will have a draft workout on Thursday. As far as I can tell, it'll be their first group draft workout. It'll be a bunch of second-round prospects, names later. But that certainly is new news. The Wolves getting busy here. Other teams already busy with draft workouts. The Wolves getting busy later this week. A tip of the hat to John Krasinski he had the news, the scoop on Monday afternoon that Tom Thibodeau let go three staff members, shooting coach Peter Patton, Wes Bone, who was a video guy, and Vince LaGarza, uh, coach, uh, development coach type. I don't know what his exact title is or was. I guess it's past tense now. But anyway, he had a very close relationship with Carl Anthony Towns. According to Krasinski, Towns was not consulted on that move. I'm actually told where I can add to the story is there's at least one other staff change. Now, it's not one of Tibbs's Chicago guys. I mean, come on. There's no way Tibbs was letting go any of his Chicago guys. I mean, in many ways, it's, you know, what was the old saying with Flip and that regime, what the country club or whatever was the was the key phrase of the day? Well, I mean, this is almost a new one. It's almost like Chicago reunited. The Bull staff minus Gar Foreman and Paxson in the front office. So there's no friction. Tibbs is standing alone right now that Stan Van Gundy and Detroit parted ways. Greg Popovich, that's a unique situation in San Antonio because he trusts R.C. Buford to do so much. So now that Doc Rivers doesn't have his president power with the Clippers anymore, Van Gundy out in Detroit. Tibbs is standing alone. He is the only one remaining, which makes a little sense to me. But anyway, he's the only one remaining With that title, that dual title of President of Operations and Head Coach. But I'm telling you, I'll have a name soon, but I'm told there were more than three members of Tibbs' staff let go on Monday afternoon. But certainly a tip of the hat to John Krasinski for the initial steam and three of the four names. Reed Travis, DeLaSalle, Stanford, he has his draft workout starting this week. Now, he did not hire an agent So he could go back to school. Heck, he could go back and be a graduate transfer. I'm told Kentucky, Villanova, and some other Blue Bloods are on his radar if he wants to play another year in college. Or he can go back to Stanford and play another year there. But he is working out for some teams. I'm told it starts later this week with a Brooklyn Nets workout. Then he works out for the Cleveland Cavaliers thereafter then he has three other workouts scheduled. He has still another few weeks to decide if he wants to keep his name in the draft or go back to college. I know Reed has been working hard on his outside shot. I mean, really, he's a consistent outside shot away from having a lengthy NBA career. Regardless, this is my opinion, but Reed Travis is an NBA player, whether it's this year or he goes back to college for a year, then a year from now, former McDonald's All-American, he has good games. So I've always said there's actually more NBA players than jobs available, but I think in Reed Travis's i will have a chance to stick on a roster for a while. One leftover Wolves note I should have noted before Reed Travis, because as far as I can tell, Reed Travis doesn't have a Wolves workout scheduled yet. So I jumped from Wolves to Reed Travis. I'm told still no exit interviews on the books. tib said at his end of the season news conference one week ago last Monday that he would wait a week or two or three. After the season now, we're a couple weeks after the season, after the season-ending loss to the Houston Rockets where he would talk to guys. Now, a lot of guys aren't in town, so I guess he would do it via FaceTime or Skype, which is okay. I mean, most teams do exit interviews right after the season, but Tibbs said he did it this way in Chicago, so he's got his method. Anyway, I'm told still no exit interviews are on the books, and I continue to hear that Jamal Crawford, we talked about this last week, at least on social media. Jamal Crawford has until the end of June to exercise his player option. I guess things could drastically change, but at this point, all signs point to Jamal Crawford not returning to the Wolves. He is ready to move on. On the Wild, I continue to hear what I've been saying for weeks. Paul Fenton is the front runner to take over Chuck Fletcher's job to be the new Wild general manager, but it is obvious that they are casting a wide net interviewing upwards of six to eight candidates, but Paul Fenton is the name to keep an eye on. On the Vikings front, they had their rookie camp over the weekend. I reached out to a staff member. I said, Hey, who stood out to you? And this person didn't have to get back to me. He got back to me. He said, Hey, Mike Hughes, athleticism stands out. Brian O'Neill's athleticism stood out from the weekend. Tyler Conklin caught everything. The tight end they got in the middle rounds. Also, I was told that neither quarterback is good enough to push Kyle Slaughter. So Kyle Slaughter is locked in as the number three quarterback. But those were the guys I got good feedback on, O'Neal, Hughes, and Conklin. On the Twins, there's optimism that Byron Buxton can avoid a rehab assignment. Miguel Cheneau is looking at a rehab assignment. We know Irvin Santana went on the 60-day DL, so he's not even eligible to return to the 25-man roster until the end of May, which is unfortunate because the initial steam going back weeks was he could be back as soon as early May, then it got pushed back to like mid-May. Now we're looking at the end of May, so it makes you wonder if really we're looking at the early to mid part of June. So pretty much, Irvin Santana could end up missing almost half the season, which is incredibly unfortunate. I can tell you that the Twins, now this helps after winning three in a row over the weekend in Chicago. And imagine if the Twins hadn't lost those three games to the Blizzard at Target Field against Chicago. How much better would their record look right now, adding three wins? No guarantees, but the White Sox are rock bottom. So there was a decent chance the Twins were going to win those three games, that Friday, Saturday, Sunday game against Chicago, which they will make up later in the year. But, you know, from an optics standpoint, how much better would the Twins' record look right now with three additional wins? But I just know internally – There is a good amount of optimism. There still is. They just figured, looking at the April schedule, facing the Yankees, Corey Kluber in Puerto Rico, the Astros, that there were some hiccups in the month of April, both from the pitchers they would face standpoint and the lineups they would face. They feel like moving forward, especially with all the games remaining against the White Sox, Royals, and Tigers, that they have a good chance. It's a wide-open division The Indians certainly don't look like the Indians of last year. Celts Craft House in Apple Valley keeps the podcast going. Be sure to support them again, South Metro listeners. Or heck, if you're West Metro or East Metro, if you're willing to drive a few minutes, or maybe you have your office in Egan, or maybe your office is in Bloomington, or your office is in Apple Valley, or Burnsville, or Lakeville, consider Celts Craft House. They have unbelievable selections when it comes to... All sorts of beer choices. They have happy hour daily. They have authentic Irish food. They are an up-and-coming place in the South Metro. And it's authentic when it comes to being an Irish pub. I'm telling you, if you're into the pub scene, check out Celt's Craft House in Apple Valley. Be sure to follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for all their promotional announcements. Anything happening news-wise with Celt's Craft House? That would be of interest to you. If you're interested in Celts Craft House, be sure to give them a follow on their social media platform so you know what's going on at Celts. And again, we hope to record a Scoop podcast in the near future at Celts. We're just trying to match up schedules. When we do, my hope is Gary Trent Sr., who resides in the Apple Valley, Burnsville area, can join us. His son Gary Trent Jr. got a combine invite. He hired David Falk as his agent. Gary Trent Jr., former Apple Valley High School star. So we can talk to Gary Trent Sr. about his son. He was on the KG TNT show middle of the season. He's still incredibly close with KG. He used to be a coaching intern for Sam Mitchell, so he worked closely with Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins. So we can talk current Wolves, current landscape in the NBA, stories from the 03-04 Wolves, the last Wolves team to win a playoff series. He was on that team. So I look forward to being able to record a Scoop Podcast at Seltz and hopefully matching schedules also with Gary Trent Sr. That does it for Scoop Podcast episode 145. Always appreciate you listening. I'll be back as the schedule allows, but with my 7-year-old Droogie playing baseball, I'm helping coach his team. My schedule is all over the place for the months of May and June. So it might just be one podcast a week, but if I have a chance to record a couple podcasts in a week, I will certainly do so. Always appreciate you listening.